I'm Gerald Bentley, and welcome to Wrestling with Sales. Today, we are joined by the man behind New England Championship Wrestling, coming back soon onto YouTube with New England Championship Wrestling Legendary, Sheldon Goldberg. And Sheldon, I wanted to talk with you about the challenges of running a promotion, how how you deal with coming back from COVID. And then, of course, we also want to talk about your new book, it's available now on Amazon, A Pro Wrestler's Odyssey, The Last Fall by Sheldon Goldberg. And we'll, we'll ask about what went into doing that because you obviously have years of stories that can go into a book. And uh, it's definitely an interesting business. But Sheldon, thanks a lot for joining us here today. Gerald, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's good to see you. Yeah. Now, you had a chance to run New England Championship Wrestling for well over 20 years. Yeah. How much you, you get less time for it? felonies? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't think people realize they see WWE, they see AEW. I don't think people realize, just casual fans just watching, how many independent territories there are and how many people there are like, like you putting the work in day to day to make that make that territory go. How how much work do you think? it is on a weekly basis to make an independent territory up and running. It's basically the equivalent of a full-time job. I mean, I wasn't really doing it full-time because I did have a regular job on top of, of running the company, but uh, I, I would say I was putting in anywhere from, you know, 20 to 40 hours a week, every week. Um, you know, it, it looks easy from the outside. You get a bunch of wrestlers, you get a ring, you get a building, you put on a show. Mm -hmm. And it's so much more than that. There are so many intangibles. There's the marketing, there's the promotion, there's, you know, all the, the little things that go into putting on, uh, uh, you know, professional wrestling on a regular basis, the booking, the management. Um, it, 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 we did a lot of innovative things in our, history you know new england championship wrestling started in 2000 and in 2000 um there was no youtube yeah social media was not a thing um it, it was a very different landscape and the whole idea of independent wrestling was something that was relatively new at least the independent wrestling in this era of the wrestling business was new at the time. Um, the territories over the, the previous 10 years had pretty much disappeared. And now instead of <clears throat> the big offices doing spot shows in different little towns, that business really fell to independent promoters yeah, uh, who, who are not full-time businesses who were just running shows here and there to kind of, sort of fill the space that that the old spot shows of the territory days used to occupy. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a necessary thing because what had happened was the foundation had come loose from the wrestling business. With the national expansion of pro wrestling in the 80s and 90s and the stripping away of the traditional wrestling territories, what pro wrestling needed was a point of entry for new talent. And that was the place that independent wrestling filled. 
And it, it took years. Now the business is far more developed mm-hmm. than it was when I first started. It was really a new thing. One of the biggest challenges that I had as a promoter was just promoting the very idea of what we're doing. Like, yeah, it's the same thing that you see in the arena. There's a ring, there's wrestlers, there's matches, but it's in a smaller, much more intimate location. Um, it, it, it's local guys and girls and, uh, occasionally some people from outside of the area coming in to spice it up. And it, it's a regular promotion like what you see on TV, except a much smaller version of that. So yeah. that was the, the, the biggest challenge. I had a lot of, I had a PR background uh, before I got into wrestling. I used to, I used to produce theater. Oh, really? And before okay. that did publicity for Broadway shows and shows on tour. So I had a background in, in, in publicity before I got into wrestling, which really served me very, very well in terms of, of getting New England Championship Wrestling off the ground. I didn't have a lot of money, so I had to just work really hard and work on a grassroots basis to to pull things together, and uh, that's pretty much what took place. Yeah, and I think it's a really, really good example because – ran into you on LinkedIn, connected with you on LinkedIn, where I put a lot of auto sales training content on. And the reason why I started this show is because I think it's a good parallel to sales training without just talking about the same thing that every sales training ends up being in monologues. And and you can see those, you can see those lines where you have to create, create that desire for the product, get your name out there, get your name out there without an unlimited budget. And built up a base and that that's what you see independent territories doing all around the country now and it, it's kind of building back up it's it's really interesting if you take a look back we're almost now back to the point where we were when it was just the old WWF and the NWA and then you had little companies that would do monthly shows or some of them a little bigger doing weekly shows and they were building it up and developing the talent so then that talent could go up to the major leagues and like right. i said it was only that nationalization that collapsed everything because you right. had that what, what maybe a decade where you had the awa the wwf and wcw going at each other and then awa and wcw burnt themselves out and you were just left with at that point the wwe yeah and then you had a 10-year period where there wasn't much and that created the opportunity for promotions like New England Championship Wrestling to rise up and kind of fill that void. Yeah, that that's exactly that. That's a very good summation of of pretty much what happened when we started. There was a WWF, a WCW, an ECW, and oh, I sure. want to say USWA was still in business, mm-hmm. um, but heading out the door at that particular point in time. But that was pretty much it. That was that was pro wrestling, and then uh, there was everybody else. Everybody else was trying to get a piece of what uh, what the big companies had left behind in terms of getting out of the spot show business. Yeah, where you would have they, they used to do touring shows with a smaller crew, whereas now what you see when the WWE and AEW go to town, it's generally speaking about what ninety five percent of the time. It's the live TV show. So it's basically, basically yeah. a studio yeah. show where you're drawing fans to have an audience for the TV. 
They don't exactly. do really the house shows anymore. WWE does some of them. They do a couple a week, but nothing like they used to do where it was five days a week and you had two different careers and you were running 10 shows a week. That's, that's yeah. gone away. Yeah, exactly. It's become like, uh, like the Harlem Globetrotters or the, the ice capades or whatever. It's an arena attraction, mm-hmm. uh, a touring arena attraction, whether, sh- whether they're shooting TV or they're not, it, it's an arena business and not the, 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 the spot shows have pretty much disappeared for the major companies. I mean, very seldom do they do, uh, uh, you know, a smaller market show these days. It just doesn't pay them to do it. Yeah, well, and I mean, as as evident by the major news in wrestling this week, I mean, Raw is Netflix, $5 yeah. million. You can't really question their decision to emphasize TV if uh, somebody's going to give you $5 billion. That's for sure. I mean, who would have thought? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that, that something like that could ever take place. Yeah, no, because the thinking then was that, okay, this is it, you know, pro mm. wrestling's uh, dying or dead, and Vince McMahon wanted to be the only game in town, but, you know, people people like yourself. Uh, that, that's a misconception. A it, it wasn't, it wasn't oh, really? dying and it wasn't dead. Okay. It, no, it, it wasn't. Uh, there was always, wrestling was always going to be out there in some way, shape, or form or another. What Vince McMahon did was he found a way to market it on a bigger level. And what he did in that in, in the process of doing that was make everything underneath it less relevant. It, it doesn't mean that it wasn't viable. It just meant that, you know, if, if you're running big arenas, you know, seating, you know, 15, 20, 25,000 people, why are you going to go into a high school gym that holds 2,000 people? You're just not. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why, why, yeah. seat, why, why sell 2,000 tickets when you can sell you know, 20,000 tickets? It, it, the, the, the decision in that respect is easy from uh, a financial point of view and from a marketing point of view. Yeah. How, how did you compete against that? What was the – Well, we didn't. Did find to be – Okay. We didn't compete against it. We just said we're going to be over here in our space doing what we do. Yeah. And and they're going to be in another space doing what they do. I mean, you know, the idea of your friendly neighborhood wrestling promotion w- was one that I embraced. That you're going to go to your local uh, VFW hall or local community center or local, and you're going to get an intimate experience. It, it's like off Broadway versus Broadway. If I can, if I can use that, a theater, a theatrical analogy. That's fair. Sure. You know? So yeah, it wasn't that it, it, it was dying or dead or not viable. It's just that, that one guy found a better way to do it. And, and the old way wasn't necessarily not viable. It, just the, the, the conditions changed. And, uh, those of us on on the lower end of the spectrum, you know, we just uh, try to find a way to exist within the space that we had. Now, I want to ask you about two things. One, of course, the book coming out. We'll save the book for the last segment. Okay. The last fall. Sorry, already out. Available now on Amazon. Uh, New England uh, Championship Wrestling coming back in a way to theaters. You're... You said you were working on. Yeah, um, 
you know, I, I've had a, a, a series of, uh, uh, of difficulties over the last number of years. Six years ago, I, I, I shattered my right shoulder in a fall. Oh. And I, I recovered from that, and I did fine. Uh, I, I went to a, a, uh, um, a less frequent schedule of shows uh, and was attempting to ramp up. And then, of course, the pandemic took place. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic really kind of shut the door on us for quite a while. And now, uh, about um, 16 months ago, I... I, I uh, had an episode of kidney failure. Oh, so yeah. So it, it's been a challenge. I mean, I'm on dialysis now and uh, awaiting a kidney transplant. So my, uh, I, I had this, uh, faced with this, uh, challenge of what was I going to do? You know, uh, was I going to be in a position to be able to, to run regular shows again? Well, I would really need a, a, a solid team to do that. And, um, you know, a, a, a pretty a deeper set of pockets in terms of financing to be able to do mm-hmm. that. And just at the at this particular moment, that wasn't in the cards, but I wasn't going to do nothing. I was going to do something. So one of the things that uh, we had done during the pandemic, uh, we our, our 20th anniversary came up during that period of time. So since I wasn't able to do a live show, what I did was I put together uh, uh, a YouTube playlist, a series of 20 videos uh, representing 20 years of New England Championship Wrestling and put it up on YouTube. Uh, our YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com slash N-E-C-W wrestling. And if you look under playlists, you'll see uh, NECW 20th anniversary collection. So it's 20 matches that represent 20 years of New England Championship Wrestling. There's a lot of stars in there before they became famous. There's a lot of epic matches that uh, that uh, took place in the history of the company that you'll find up there. And, and it's a pretty, pretty fair video document on the history of what we had done over 20 years. So uh, very proud of that. Very proud of the uh, New England Championship Wrestling Legendary Series, which is also another YouTube playlist. Uh, I, I did that as basically therapy and recovering from uh, a shoulder injury. Okay. And uh, that is a series of 12 videos. Again, many, many stars before be- they became famous. Uh, Kofi Kingston's first uh, TV promo okay. ever, anywhere. Uh, the artist uh, currently known as Finn Balor, formerly known as Fergal Devitt, uh, appears in that series. Uh, Bobby Fish, Eddie Edwards, bunch of stars. Yeah, uh, that, that you'll be able to see in early matches in their career and making a great accounting of themselves. And uh, the other thing was, you know, when I when I was in the hospital with kidney failure, I was in the hospital for about a month. Oh. And I'm, I'm laying there in the hospital, and I said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. I don't quite know what that something is going to be at this moment, but I'm going to figure it out, and I'm going to not do nothing, but do whatever it is that I can do. So the two things were the Lost Matches Project, which we just described. Yeah. And I decided I was going to write a novel. Yeah, let's get that book back up there. Go ahead. Yeah, let me... Uh... 
see that he's holding this up in the background. Let me just uh, there you go. Run the, the other side fall. there. Yep, the last fall. So the last fall is a fictional story of a wrestler named Rick Pacheco, and it follows his life and career from literally stumbling into the business of professional wrestling at the age of 11 in 1971 through the end of his in-ring career in 1999. And it follows his ups and downs uh, as a person and as a professional wrestler, all against the backdrop of an industry that goes through very radical changes. And while it is a, a work of fiction, you'll you'll find a lot of truth in the fictionalization of the story. Uh, in the fictionalization of the story, the pro wrestling territories uh, disappear in the wake of national companies forming and promoting wrestling on a national basis. Uh, there's a little bit of everything in the story. There's a love story. There's all sorts of stuff that happens to Rick in the course of his career. And it, it, it's kind of a profound document on, you know, what wrestling used to be versus what it became and why it became that. So uh, it, it, I'm happy to say it's gotten rave reviews since it was released in October. And uh, I hope people uh, get a chance to check it out. It's really worth your time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great topic, too, because when you think about that, there were there were champions in every every major city every major city had a had a little territory that was you know actually a halfway decent sized territory a lot of them were on local tv um, right they fed into the nwa and those people were local heroes i'm here in kansas city kansas cityans you mentioned bulldog bob bulldog bob brown who was the central right. state wrestling champion man it was 40 years ago but people still go oh yeah or Bob Geigel. I mean, they, they remember them. Those, sure. those guys were the kings of their city. And then really it, it kind of went away because those guys who were champions of their cities were just hoping to try and get on somewhere as an undercard with WCW or WWE. And the territory systems just kind of fell by the wayside, uh, I guess kind of collapsed under the growth of TV. So it's, it's That's definitely right. a, an extremely interesting story that if you're a fan of wrestling today, you can really appreciate everything that happened in the time by by reading through that and seeing it through somebody's eyes as opposed to just reading history. Right. One of the other things that I wanted to accomplish with this book is that, you know, when you see TV shows or movies on professional wrestling, uh, the wrestling may be portrayed uh, well and accurately, but the business is never portrayed well or portrayed accurately. In the last fall, it's a pretty accurate depiction, even though it's fictional, mm -hmm. of what what the territories were like, what small town markets were like uh, coming under a big territory, and then you know what happened when the business went national. And what changes took place and why? Um, it, it explains it really well, and I think that uh, uh, when people read the book, they'll really get a flavor for, you know, what that period was when wrestling went from being an, a patchwork quilt of regional territories to basically 
national operations that dominated the landscape. And like we said, you can get that right now on Amazon. It is available. You can also download it onto your Kindle. So if you're a wrestling fan, if you're watching AEW, WWE, New Japan, any of the promotions that we show here on Wrestling Spotlight or Fired Up Network, definitely well worth the read because it is an extremely interesting time in the in the sport where a lot of changes happened and really that that time period is what set up what we're seeing now where promoters like yourself have said wait a minute hey we can promote this on on youtube we can get on channels like like wrestling spotlight like fired up network and we can get our content out there and it's it's different but you, you have to adapt to you have to adapt to the new realities and use the tools at at your disposal right. to promote. Right. In in the course of New England Championship Wrestling, we had two runs on television. Uh, the first one was in uh, uh, 2010. Uh, we were on uh, cable. Uh, okay. We were on um, Comcast on demand. Uh, and uh, you know, if you had, if you were a Comcast or Xfinity subscriber, you have an on-demand channel, and there was a way to find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could watch our shows every week on that. Of course, we also had them on YouTube. We also had them available online. Before there was YouTube, we were doing this. We were doing like a weekly uh, TV show that um, we posted on our website. It was at the the very beginning of of, of the. Um, rise of streaming media. We had done that for yeah. actually quite a while. We were the pioneers of that. We were the first uh, independent promotion to do that. And and when we started doing that, we would get tens of thousands of views every week because now all of a sudden people, anywhere you had a, a, a computer and an internet connection, you could watch our wrestling from wherever you are. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just people locally, it was people all over the country and literally all over the world. I mean, I used to get emails from people in England saying, when is New England Championship Wrestling coming to Yorkshire or <laughs> whatever? And I had to explain, no, no, it, it, it's not, we're not in England. We're in the United States. We're in New England. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was it, pretty interesting that, that we had fans literally everywhere. And it, and it was a, 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 an influence to them. Uh, a lot of the smaller companies in, in, in those countries looked at what we were doing and said, hey, maybe we could do this too. So we were a very profound influence <clears throat> on a lot of companies in, in the, in the uh, pioneering of streaming local wrestling. Well, a lot of, a lot of innovation. And you got to feel, you got to be proud of some of the accomplishments too, because heck, yeah, that's Yeah, you know, we, we wanted to be on there. TV. We, we wanted to be on TV, but we simply couldn't afford it. We couldn't yeah. afford to buy the time at, at that particular moment. So we just said, okay, well, what's the next best thing? We could have been on cable access, but that meant bicycling a tape from town to town. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and your, your show would cover a town. It wouldn't cover an area. It wouldn't cover multiple towns. You have to have multiple tapes that you sent out or delivered yeah. to different different local cable systems, and that wasn't practical. Whereas if you put it up online, everybody could see it everywhere. All you needed was a computer and an internet connection, and, and there you were. So uh, the shows when we started were pretty rudimentary, but as time went on, the production got better, and uh, 
slowly developed. And, uh, you know, it was a great experience because it, it prepared us for actually being on television. You know, it prepared us for the idea of, of, you know, originally when we were doing these online shows, since it wasn't on a regular broadcast station, we, we didn't have any, any constrictions in terms of time. Sure. So an episode could have been 15 minutes one week, 18 minutes the next week, 36 minutes the, the week after that. We had no, there were no rules. We could just do yeah. whatever we wanted to do. And as time went on, we, we, we started to, uh, you know, tighten up our production and, and begin to fit it to a specific time frame and, and a specific time slot. And, uh, you know, it was good training for us. Well, and obviously good training for some of the, the guys you still see on TV every week, uh, Eddie Edwards and TNA. Kofi Kingston with the New Day and Finn Balor of Judgment right, Day. Was, all, what we what we were offering what, what we were offering was something that nobody else was offering, which was a platform to be seen. Yeah, um, it's one thing to have a match in a building and the people in the building see it. It's another thing to to tape that match and then show it literally worldwide. You know, when we were on our second run of television, which was on, on a local broadcast station, we were on a late night time slot. Uh, we were on Thursday nights at 12.30 a.m., but okay. the minute the show went off the air, it was available on YouTube. So if you missed it on the air, you could go back and watch it whenever you wanted, wherever you wanted. And we were getting you know, 30, 40, 50,000 views a week at one point. Yeah, that's true. So, so we had an audience. We had a very substantial audience. And it just showed that something like that was viable. And now, of course, you have streaming networks and mm -hmm. uh, things like independent wrestling television and uh, the High Spots Network and, and, and organizations like that that offer multiple promotions. But um, as I say, we were the pioneers of all that. It's a very impressive story, and I'm sure some of that is in the book as well. We'll just get the book up here one more time before we wrap up. The Last Fall of Pro Wrestler's Odyssey, following the path of our character, the hero of the story, Rick Pacheco, as he rolls through the world of pro wrestling from the age of 11 until the end of his in-ring career in 1999, in that time period, just follows ebbs and flows right with the fall of the territories and the rise of right. national wrestling. Uh, Sheldon, thanks a lot for coming on. And I'm sure people are going to go and find that book. It's a super interesting time. And there's so many lessons that you can pull out of what you guys did with new England championship wrestling, creating your own market, creating, not necessarily creating the platform, but taking the platforms that are available and using them to the right. best of their ability. Just one and, last. Yeah, go ahead. You can go on our YouTube channel and see lots of old old TV shows. And there's literally hundreds of videos up there. Awesome. And I had just one last question. How do you feel about the state of independent wrestling today? Well, it's a much more developed business than it was when I started. As I said before, when I started, it was a struggle just to, you know, have people buy into the idea of independent wrestling that you're going to go to a local place, a little place and see a little show. And, uh, 
you know, it's sort of a, a an up close and personal experience as opposed to an arena experience. Now it's commonplace, and 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 selling the idea of it isn't really necessary. I think also the the pandemic ramped up the demand for local shows, so you see people coming out to shows in numbers that uh, you know uh, are are pretty impressive in a, in a lot of places. They may not be big buildings. You know, they may not be arena settings, but uh, there, there's a demand there for independent shows that uh, we fought hard to try to develop when, when we were operating at the beginning. So it, it's good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, thanks a lot for stepping here in the ring. And uh, by all means, let us know when there's more developments with New England Championship Wrestling. And I'm sure the whole wrestling community is is pulling for you as uh, your health your health issues, your battle uh, continues a little bit, but I'm sure it's a fight that you'll win. Yep. Thank you so much. I, I, I feel blessed. I, I feel better than I've felt in about five or 10 years, actually. So that, oh, that, that's, that's a good thing. And uh, yeah, so, you know, um, there's a chance that we could be doing some live stuff fairly soon. Um, I, I got contacted about doing a, a fundraising show for a group that I had done a fundraising show four years ago. So we might be doing that. And uh, doing a, a couple of new things like that. And you, know, you, you never know if I hit the lottery or whatever, I might just uh, uh, put some cash into ramping everything back up again. But in the meantime, awesome. I'll come up with stuff. There's a sequel to the last fall being written right now uh, called oh, after good. the bell. And uh, hopefully that'll be uh, available late in the spring. And, um, uh, and, and it uh, takes place 17 years from the end of, the last fall. So it continues Rick's story through even more changes in pro wrestling and uh, changes in his life. So oh, awesome. There's definitely plenty of stories to tell. Uh, Sheldon, yeah. thanks a lot for joining us here on Wrestling with Sales. And uh, by all means, stay tuned to the Fired Up Network and Wrestling Spotlight for more. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. <laughs>